good father indeed. Amen. And we love you. Can you give it up for your pastors? Come on. Love you guys so much. Wow. I love being here because this is where God brought us first whenever he called us into ministry. And I, I love saying this because I don't get to say it a lot anymore, but I like to say, good morning, Rest Live. What's up? Right? This is good. <laughs> I love it. Everybody doing all right? All right. Very good. Well, as, as Jesse said, we, we had the privilege of um, just partnering with whatever God was doing in this part of the world for, for a good long while, about 10 years, yeah? And, uh, and so we got to be a part of um, Him doing everything that's happening here, which it's great to be a part of laying a foundation, but it's also really, really fun to see how God just keeps growing His church. Come on, somebody. He is, he is the one that builds the church, yes? And so, and you are a part of that. So if you're here for the first time and you have no clue who this dude is, What's up, everybody? I'm Edgar. Good to meet you. All right. I hope you come back. Uh, if I say anything weird, Jesse will straighten it out next week. Um, and so for those of you that are wondering, yes, uh, it, we're in World Cup season. And where I am living, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I am living now, that is a big thing. As a matter of fact, I know of two churches who are, instead of having a service, they're watching the game and then having a service after that. Like, it's just how you have to roll when you're in Mexico. And because of that, my wife, who's actually here, I'm actually going to embarrass her for a minute. Would you stand up, honey? This is my wife, Erica, and I love her. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted her to stand up so you could see that she also has a jersey on. All right, see, that's it. Actually, our whole family is wearing the Mexico jerseys. And contrary to Jesus' belief back there in the sound, and I know you can shut me off anytime, but I'm gonna, he is rooting for Germany in a big way. So I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. See, see, you got to get with this, man. Uh, but you know what? I am a realist. I am a realist. I know it's, it's a small chance for those of you that have any clue about what's going on today. It's not going to be. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, the, the, the Mexico team was getting off in Russia, off the plane. And you know what the coach shouted to the pilot? He said, hey, don't turn this off. We'll be right back. I know. I know. I know it's like that. But, but there is always hope. Come on, somebody. Yes. And plus, it wasn't just a soccer thing. You know, now we are living in Mexico as we're looking to launch a church there. And so we thought, hey, we got to represent our country, right? And so it was either this or a mariachi suit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and doing the mariachi suit. So this is what you get right here. Come on. <laughs> and so that's what we're doing. But yeah, so about eight months uh, ago, our family was just crazy enough, and we moved to a city called Guadalajara, Mexico. It's the second largest city in Mexico. About 6.5 million people in that city, and less than 2% of them know Jesus the way you know Jesus. And so we thought, somebody ought to go help them know Jesus the way we know Jesus, and we figured we might be able to help, right? And, and so that's what we did. We moved down there, and uh, we're excited. God's doing some cool things. We've got some small groups going on. We're looking to launch a brand-new church down there that's life-giving, that is grace-filled, that's preaching the gospel, not, not works, but Jesus love you. Come on, somebody, come, come on, somebody right? It's, it's not about what you and I can do right or stop doing wrong. It's about what he did for us at Calvary, period, end of story, yes? 
And so we're looking forward to seeing that. We're looking forward to discipling people to know uh, who, who they are in Christ and then going and multiplying that knowledge with that city that desperately, desperately needs it. So that's what we're doing. If, if you're here and you're like, hey, I'd like to know more about what, what's going on, we've got a couple of things that you could use out there. We've got a, like a little keep in touch card. We love to just uh, include you on our newsletter. We've got a, one of these postcards. If you have a refrigerator, which you should, right? Um, and you would like to pray for us, we would so value your prayers. I can't tell you how valuable those, those prayers are for us because it really makes all the difference. And if you want to know more about the church that's being launched and stuff, there's a brochure like this one. You can check it out at some point. Very exciting. Uh, I actually just shared with uh, uh, Pastor Danny and Jesse. But, um, so we're doing this thing. And we had somebody. God, God is doing his thing because we had a partner come alongside. And, and when they heard what we were doing, they said, Edgar... We will match every dollar up to, to $50,000 if you raise money. We will match every single dollar so that you can go raise a church. So if you want to be a part of making them get good on their, you know, put, <laughs> making them uh, uh, do good on their word, help us out. That would be great. But it's, it's exciting. So see, God is doing it. God is opening doors, and we're pumped about that. That's the update I had. If you want any more information, we'll get you after service. But today, I want to get in the word of God. Come on, somebody. Yes? Can we pray? Are you all awake? Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. We love you because you are indeed a father. We thank you that you are good. We ask, God, that you would, uh, in this moment, pour your spirit of wisdom and revelation upon us. Open up the eyes of our heart. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear your truth that can make us and set us free. And Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be in this house. Thank you for uh, your love that is evident. And Holy Spirit, we give you absolute and total control of what you want to do here. Our hearts are open to you. Come and change us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, so I'll tell you what. I love that song we were singing a little while ago. Happy Father's Day once again to all the dads. You guys are awesome. I think that's one of the things I love about God and his his fatherhood. Like, Like Pastor Jesse, I grew up uh, well, no, I'm sorry, not like Pastor Jesse. Pastor Jesse is in Texas. My dad, uh, we have a lot of things in common, he and I do. And, uh, and, and my dad, he was actually murdered when I was nine. So growing up, there was just this, this thing. If you are here and you know what it's like to either grow with an absent or, or avoiding or, 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 or kind of, Father's Day could be a kind of interesting, you know, and so, so can be Mother's Day. And Father's Day could be interesting. Just fatherhood and lacking that is interesting every day, but Father's Day could be like, what? And so, so today, I want to tell you that no matter how good or imperfect your earthly father is, the heavenly father is always good, and he'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has a great plan for your life, yeah? And so I think that's one of the things I love about God, that he is good, right? Is he a, he's a good father, that he wants us to experience forgiveness. He wants us to understand the magnitude of his redemption. He wants us to, to know him as a father. He wants us to impact eternity. I mean, come on, somebody. Did you know that you were made to make a ripple into eternity? Some of you need to hear that today. You know, you were made, made to make a difference in eternity. Now, even though that's the case, Every once in a while, even, even though we love God, we believe in Him, we, we try to follow and obey Him, often we don't experience the breakthrough or the freedom or the fulfillment that we know are reserved for us in Christ. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Right? It's called life on this earth, right? We just, we just don't. And, and, and I don't know if, you're ever been, if you've ever been there, but I have when I'm like, 
Why? Why is it? I mean, God, I'm, I'm loving you, right? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to walk with you. I'm trying to obey with you. I'm trying to get to know you better. I want to follow you. I, like, I, I dig you, right? I, I, I'm here for you. But why is it that I don't often see everything I read in your word coming to pass in my life? And if you've ever been in that place where, where you've, where you've uh, asked that kind of question, hey, then this is for me and you right here because I, I've been there. Now, I know there's a verse that I love in scriptures. John 10, 10 says that the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to, dest- to destroy. He says, but Jesus is speaking. He says, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. One translation says, I, I, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Right? John 10, 10. Now, we moved to Mexico about eight months, and we knew about spiritual warfare. Somebody say it was spiritual warfare. Or now, everybody who, did, who just didn't play right now, everybody say, say spiritual warfare. Spiritual. I'm going to need you to help me preach today, all right? So we moved to Mexico eight months ago, and we knew about spiritual warfare, right? We, we, we read the books, and we, we, we kind of engaged into some of it. But let me tell you, moving down there was a whole nother level, baby. It's just one of those deals where if you're following us on Facebook, we, we've kind of posted some. They have like witchcraft, you know, stores, little modules in the mall, right? So you can go and get the certain weeds you need to do the little chant. And then they have the little, they do, they do. They, I, I took pictures of it and people are looking at me like, what is this crazy guy doing? But you know, they have, they have all kinds of candles, right? Some of them have this little thing that it's good for you to get more business. So you light that one up, right? And if you want somebody to like you more, you light that one up. And then you pray to this thing, and then you bathe this weed, and you drink this tea. And I think they're all smoking weed, personally. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? But they have all these things, and I'm like, what is the deal with this, right? So you have that. You have all kinds of just, just, just blatant darkness going on. I love being there, though, because you know what? We've got light, and, and that's, what, that's what's needed. So, but we, we, we came into realization that, you know what? This is another deal. Now, we have darkness here, too. Don't. Don't be misled. But here's the thing, and maybe what worries me the most. It's easier to ignore it here. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to shout with me, get in the fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the fight. This is what I want to talk to us about, because if there's one thing you'll remember, if there's one central truth I'd love for you to walk away from, from here today, would be this, that God is a good God, Yes? And he has a plan for you and for me to live a kingdom-focused, purpose-filled, spirit-empowered life. A life that is fruitful and a life that is characterized by freedom and peace. That's his plan for us. But here's the deal. You and I have a real enemy who wants to bring real opposition to that plan. And so... If you're here and you've ever been, man, I, Jesus, I love you. I, I'm trying to learn more of you. But why? Why is it that this is not always working out the way I think it should? Or you said it would. Let me just, let me just offer this, this, this potential option. <laughs> it might not be that you're just doing things wrong. It might be that there is a, a very real opposing force to the plan of God for your life. And the thing that, I, like I said, where we live, you could see it on the stars. You can see it on the street. You know what I mean? This is crazy. So it's almost easier to be aware of it. But what worries me about a culture like the one we have here is that it's easy to ignore. And often what could happen is you could just think, oh, oh, I'm just not doing enough. 
Or, or, or this thing's just, you know, it's the economy. Or, oh, hey, everybody gets this, you know. Everybody's marriage goes through this. And, and can I just suggest to us today that maybe, maybe there's somebody who's very real and very, re, very much intent, intent or, or, or bent on your destruction. And the less we know or, or think about that, the better for him. So in Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bible, actually, even if you don't, I think it's going to be up here. But you should read the Bible, all right? So <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6 Verses 1 through 12 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, the, in His mighty power. Check it out. Put, all, all, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies. Somebody say strategies. Yeah, we got to talk about those in a minute. All strategies of the devil. In other words, this is a clear call to get in the fight, right? It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we do fight. <laughs> we do fight. What does it say? Against evil rulers and authorities of what? The unseen world. When was the last time? Don't raise your hand, but when was the last time you kind of just sat down and took, took inventory and said, you know what? I'm in a real fight with stuff I can't see. Can, can we just be honest and say, you know what? I really don't give that much thought, but it's in the Bible. You know, the same Bible that says if you accept Jesus, you'll go to heaven. That same Bible says this stuff too. And so I figured we should also pay attention to it because it's right there. It says it's, it's, it's against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in, the dark, in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, is this the, is, was this really the best Sunday to invite my friend to church? <laughs> Don't freak out. Your friend knows about it. He's probably demon-possessed. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just joking. Now, I want to clarify that before we go on into any of this, when it comes to spiritual power, I do not believe, I do not believe that there's an evil spirit behind everything that happens. Like, like you know, like if, if a light bulb goes out, there's not a spirit of darkness, you know, trying to affect that in your life. Or, or that if you're tired, you know, or, or like, like if your car runs out of gas. Listen, you had a little needle that told you to go to the gas station. You know what I'm saying? That's not the devil. That is not the devil. I'm just, we're not going to be that kind of people, yes? We're not going to be weird and blame everything on the devil because, you know, there's some things that you just got to put gas in your car. You do, right? And you just got to change the light bulbs every once in a while. But there are a lot more things that are going on in your life and mine that, that, that are not just natural and we don't give enough credit or attention to, but we're still impacted by. Does that make sense? Is, it a, is that an okay way to level out this reality of spiritual warfare but with, like, that don't be weird coming out of here and saying, ah, right? I'm sorry. Just got to go there because it happens. Trust me. And so, so, but Satan is our spiritual enemy, right? Read your Bible. By the way, don't believe anything I say. Go read your Bible, right? After we're done here, go home, read your Bible. And if it, if it matches anything I say, believe that, okay? But, but Satan is our spiritual enemy, right? And he is determined to destroy us. His mission is to keep you and keep me from the life of freedom and significance that God's always wanted for us as a good father that he is. And so this, this he does by different strategies. So I'll share a few with you today. One, strategy number one that I want to share with you. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. His, strategy, his, his number one strategy is to keep us ignorant. Keep us ignorant. And man, have I seen that more than ever in the last eight months I've lived on earth. Because I'm seeing a vast, just a deep ignorance of God's word in the community where we live now, the city where we live, and I see how that impacts in a very negative way the city we live in. 
there's, there's awful darkness where we live because there's ignorance of the light. That's why, by the way, our church's name is going to be Radiante, which means radiant. Because somebody's got to get some light up in there. Come on. Yeah. And that needs to be the church, right? And so, so, so but he, he loves to keep us ignorant. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, like not people that don't care about me, but my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You ever heard that saying, hey, what you don't know won't hurt you? Nothing could be further than the truth when it comes to spiritual realities. What you don't know can and will most definitely mess you up, right? So there are three things specifically that I think underneath that point that I just, there it is. <laughs> underneath that point, there's three things that I think the devil does not want you to know. Tell your neighbor, he doesn't want you to know this. Tell him, tell him, tell him. Tell him. He doesn't want you to know this. All right, some of you are not playing. We're going to do this until you play because I can see you from here. Tell your neighbor, he does not want you to know this. Ah, see, thank you very much. You guys are all playing now. Very good. No, thank you very much. So here we go. One thing he doesn't want you to know is that you are in a constant battle. You are. He doesn't want you to know that because the less you know that, the less you pay attention to that, the less likely you are to resist or oppose him, right? So he likes that, you know? Like in your marriage, for example. You know, you may be, you may be blaming each other and hurting each other, and you just keep drifting apart instead of praying and asking God for his grace to forgive and understand and listen and come against the enemy together. I'll tell you, I'll give a quick example. Eric and I went through a season where we were just in a funk. It was just a funk with a capital F. You know what I'm saying? We're in a anybody, anybody in here who's, who's, who's married and honest enough to say you've been in a funk before? Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're in a funk. We didn't know why, but, you know, like... We just, for almost for any little thing, it's like, what's going on? You know, we, it wasn't like that before. And it, and it was, interestingly enough, it was right in the middle of a season in our lives when we're making a huge decision that would impact not just the direction of our family, but the kingdom of God. So we're in this funk. And finally, I was like, you know what? This is enough. One night, we had a little, a little spat, you know, because Eric can get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. But anyway, so here we go. <laughs> so we had a spat. Somebody say spat. <laughs> anyway, so, and, and I was just like, I was so frustrated. If you're here and you're a husband or a wife, you know, you've you ever been there, you're like, oh, I don't like this atmosphere in my house. I don't like the way things go like this. But why can't we get it right? You know, and it just... I actually should have done it a long time before that point. But I was like, God, what's wrong with her? Right? I was like, what is it? I'm just like, well, you know, you got to pray however the Spirit leads you. I'm just joking. So anyone's like, God, what's going on? And just all of a sudden, I'm telling, look, I am, not, I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I know this, so it's okay if I tell you it, Right? But that moment, something just came and said, you know what? This is not just you two. Like, there's opposition. And so I got ticked, but no longer at Erica. I was like, you stinking devil. You're trying to mess with my joy, my peace, my home. Ah, you're trying to distract me from what God has wanted us to do. You know what? I'm going to turn right around on you right now. And so I went up. I said, Erica, I said, I forgive you. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I was just kidding. I, I did eventually when she, like three years later, she apologized. But anyway, so I went up there and I said, 
Erica, I said, I am so sorry that I was not in tune a little bit better sooner. I need you to come down with me right now. I grabbed my hand, and we went to her living room. I said, kneel down. She thought I was going to knight her. Right? Just no, no, no. So I was like, I, you know what? Come here. So we went on the couch, and I remember I prayed the most ticked off, you don't mess with me prayer I think I had ever prayed in my life. You know what I'm saying? How many of you have ever prayed ticked off, you don't mess with me prayers before? It is important you pray ticked off, you don't mess with me prayers every once in a while. Trust me. Just, the devil needs to hear you talk like that. And so we did. And we just realized, you know what? This is, this is an attack. This is, this is not from down here. This is from like up here. And it was oppressive. And it was just like, what? And so we said, you know what? That's it. I'm getting in this fight. We're going to do this. And we started to, uh, to fight, but no longer against each other, but rather with one another against our real enemy. The enemy of our soul, the enemy of our peace, the enemy of our joy and unity in our home. And so we, we rem I remember it was almost like pixie dust. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's, I mean, not pixie dust, not real, but whatever. So, but it was almost immediate. Like the atmosphere in our home changed. We were tuned into this thing, and all of a sudden we're like, all right, come on, devil. What's up? What's up? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like oh, you didn't wash your dishes. Oh, wait. <laughs> what? It's not the dishes. Not the dishes. Right? <laughs> Sometimes it is the dishes. I'm just saying. But anyway. Anyway. Does that make sense? This isn't making sense to you. This is helping you out. So he loves to keep you ignorant. He wants you to know. He doesn't want you to know you're in a constant battle. Number two, he, you know, he does not want you to know that he, is, he was thoroughly defeated <laughs> at the cross. And that Jesus, who put a whooping on him, right, gave you, somebody say me, gave you authority over all of his power. He doesn't want you to know that. You know, Jesus said in Luke 10, 18, hey, I, 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 or 19, rather, I have given you authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and to overcome all, all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you know that, you know that authority trumps power every time? Authority trumps power. You understand a police officer does not have the power physically to stop a truck. But he has the authority, so he raises up his hand. That truck has to stop, right? Authority trumps power. You have authority in the name of Jesus. Next thing he doesn't want you to know, Satan does not want you to know, is that your weapons are far superior. <laughs> because you have the word of God, which is truth. So he doesn't have to hold you in bondage to, to, to guilt and condemnation and accusations that he, he throws at you. You have God's word, right? You have the blood of Jesus, which cleanses you and, and, and allows you to stand forgiven, which, by the way, gives you confidence before the Father so you can come in and talk to him about anything you want and then turn around in the name of Jesus and put a whooping on the devil in his name, right? And you have the name of Jesus, which the Bible says that is the, the name above every name, above every name in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. Get yourself some of that. You know what I'm saying? That's your weaponry. But we have to use it. You got to get in the fight. You got to get in the fight. And then he does not want you to know, well, he wants to keep you ignorant. The other strategy he, he, want, he wants to use against us is that he wants to get us distracted. He wants to get us distracted. And this does not mean that we don't love God or we don't care for other people. But it does mean that we're too busy, too busy, and don't have enough energy or bandwidth to engage with other people's needs or things of the kingdom of God. That's what it means. It gets you too busy. You are distracted. You know, 2 Timothy 
uh, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ. In other words, get in the fight, right? Somebody say, get in the fight. It says, no, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled or distracted with civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. You know, when we're too busy for God, we are just too busy. And it's just like that in, in family and relationships. Often, Satan will come and try to mess with our home and our relationships and our friendships. And it's because we are too busy. We don't, when we don't have the time to invest into building or maybe healing, restoring, or, or, or enriching those relationships, what often can happen is that you and I get into this relational apathy. You know what I'm saying? Just, eh. <laughs> I heard someone say that we're the meh generation. How are you doing, man? You know what I mean? You get into apathy, and apathy opens the door wide for destruction of our relationships. Because we got to keep working on them. But if the devil gets you to be uh, you know, distracted, then all of a sudden, what are you doing? Well, not working on them. And so the door's opened up. See, so when we ask, why is, this, why is this happening? Maybe what we need to do is get in the fight. Maybe what we need to do is refocus and get in the fight. And then last, last strategy I'll share with you today is that he loves to make us indifferent. He loves to make you and me indifferent. This would, this would be Satan's ultimate goal, I think, for me and for you. That, that we would be so self-absorbed, so full and interested in me, 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 and the things of this world that you and I would lose our focus on eternity and then forfeit the opportunity to bear any fruit for eternity while we're here on earth. Now, you might be here and you might be new and, and, and you might be here and you might be asking questions about spirituality and, and you're here and you just kind of want to find out a little bit. That's fine. We're so glad you're here. But if you're here and you're a Christ follower and you know God... And you know he knows you. Can I just today, with a lot of love and respect, can I just encourage you to wake up and remember this life is not all there is. There's eternity for you and for me that awaits us. And we can't take our eyes off of it. As a matter of fact, you and I will live life down here a lot better when we're focused on living towards that day. You have an eternal destiny. But you get, to, you get to do a lot of what it's going to look like right now, right here in this place. You know, Mark 4, 18, 19 says, this is the, the, the famous parable of the sower. You might have known this and heard it. He's talking about what the seed means. And, and so in, in verse 18 and 19, Jesus says, still others, talking about the seed and where it lands, says, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. In other words, they're in church, <laughs> Right? If you hear the word, you, you might be in church, right? They're in church. But worries of this life, the, diff, the, the, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things, in other words, temporal stuff, comes in and chokes the word out. Look at this. Making it, or I would say making them, unfruitful. If you're here and you're a Christ follower, this, the thought of this ever happening to you should freak you out. It should, it should be like, oh, that can happen? 
Not to me in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you don't want this. You don't want this mighty, powerful, universe-creating word to come in here, out through here, and have you do nothing while you're here. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that. Because, because there is, you're not going to want it. <laughs> and if we're not careful, we could focus so much on the things of this life. You know, your stuff. You can focus so much on people's opinions. <laughs> you can focus so much on the things other people have and you don't. Or politics or this or that. You can focus so much on the things of this world that it will choke out God's liberating, restoring, healing, saving word in your life. It will choke it out. And you'll end up having little to no fruit to, sh to show for of your time here on earth. And again, if you're here and you're just, you know, you're just investigating faith or spiritual things, I'm glad you're here. But if you are here and you are a Christ follower, this should be a clear call to, one, wake up, two, get in the fight. Get in the fight. So, is that, you all with me? <laughs> you're like, oh, why is he saying all this stuff? Because this is for real. So, so, so what do we do? All right. I mean, are you with me in the fact that this is not something you and I want to be? This is not where we want to be, right? So what do we do then? What do we do in, in, in our lives to overcome ignorance and distraction and indifference and the different strategies the enemy's kind of working and, 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 you know, just thinking up to catch you and me into? What do we do? You get in the fight. That's what you do. There's a, there's a story I'd like to just quickly share with you. Now, some of you don't know me, so I'm going to tell you the story and it's going to explain me, all right? But uh, uh, so I grew up, I, I didn't grow up as a Christian, and I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico, but I, was, I, was, I grew up, I was raised in L.A., California. Come on, somebody. What's going on? Right? I know, don't be hating, but it's, it is. It is it's what it is. Where I, it's where I went. And I was not, I, I was not a Christ follower. Like, like this is what I was going to say. Like, like Jesse, I was a young man, and, 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 and I didn't have any spiritual direction. I didn't have, I was unaware of God's purpose for my life. I, I didn't have any mentoring, I, you know. And I hung out with guys who were just like me, right? We weren't bad people. We just weren't, we just weren't guided, right? And so what we like to do is we, we hung out, and every once in a while we went to a party. So I, I like to say this. We never, I'm telling you, we weren't troublemakers, but if trouble came around, we'd do our best to take it off of us. You know what I'm saying? And so one time we were in a party. So I'm just clarifying that I was not a Christian at the time. And, 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 and so we were at a party, and, and I'm hanging out. And all of a sudden, one of my friends runs into the house where we were. He's like, hey, Tito's getting jumped. Which, by the way, I had a friend, his name was Tito. And I think any, everybody needs a friend named Tito, personally. <laughs> Right, right. Let me just explain, explain that. You know, you have William, which is equal to Bill or William or Willie. Well, Tito comes from a long line. It's Francisco. It's Frank, Francisco. They would call him Chito. Then he got called to Tito. And so Tito, Tito's what worked for us, right? And so Tito was a cool guy. I mean, he was like my big brother. And this dude never did bad in a fight. I mean, he just, that, that, that's why he was my best friend. You know what I'm saying? When you're not that great at it, you get with the one who, yes. So I'm a Christian. My big brother, he takes care of me, right? So, so here we go. So, so, so Tito had gotten a physical altercation <laughs> out in the yard with some guy, and he pretty much took care of him, right? But his guy's friends didn't like it, so they all started piling up on my friend Tito, to which my other friend Lee comes running in, and he says, Hey, Tito's getting jumped in the yard. And then he said two words I'll never hear. He said, Let's go. 
Guys, if you're in here and you've ever been in that situation, you know exactly what that means, right? I'll never forget the, the emotions that since like there's this like massive like, oh my gosh, what's happening? You know, and, and like here we go, adrenaline's pumping. And and and, and I, I knew when Lee said, let's go, I knew what it meant. It meant get in the fight. In other words, Stop thinking about just yourself. Quit worrying about you enjoying the atmosphere and being comfortable and go. Do something about what's going on. Now, that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to tell the end of that because uh, anyway, so, but, but, that, but, but let's go. The guy got to get into the fight, right? Don't, don't, I'm still here, so obviously we did all right. So here's the deal. <laughs> So, but what I wanted to say to you was not that. What I wanted to say is there's a time where you and I need to hear the Spirit's voice saying, hey, let's go. Let's go. Quit sitting there and letting your life or your emotions or your marriage or your family or your city get beat on. Get up, step into it. And start doing something in the one realm that actually matters, and it is the spiritual realm. Get in the fight. And so the one thing I want to tell you for, to get in the fight is, so, well, what do we do? Number one, you got to acknowledge the battle and accept that there's no middle ground. You, you're either hitting or getting hit. You're either, you're either, you know, advancing or losing ground. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's there. It isn't there, rather. It is happening. And I, my, my hope today, my prayer today was to hopefully wake you up to the reality that you're in a fight. Because we all live simultaneously in two different worlds, the natural realm and the spiritual realm. Whether we acknowledge it or not doesn't matter. It's happening. And so my hope today was to wake you up and to just get you to say, hey, might there be some things going on in my life that are potentially being influenced by this other realm where I need to wake up and let's go. Because my prayer today is to just get you to think about what could that look like. Number two, so you, you first you have to acknowledge and you have to get it. Number two, identify the open doors to the enemy in your life and shut them close. Shut them close. What, what are the lies? We say, well, what do you mean open doors, Edgar? Glad you asked. What I mean by that is what are the lies or the accusations of the enemy in your, what are the relationships? Oh, this is getting real. Take that, Germany. <laughs> You're all right, Jesus. You're all right. But what are the lies? What are the accusations? What are the relationships that God is using? In, I'm sorry, not God, but that Satan continues to use in your life most frequently and successfully to bring you away from God's plan? What are those things? Shut the open doors. If you're not sure what those are, I would encourage you to just pray and say, you know, Heavenly Father, give me eyes to see what I can't see. Please show me what are the doors in my life? What are the things and people and places that keep foiling your plan for my life? What are the things that keep taking your best away from me? Ask him that. He will show you. And then tell him, give me your grace to shut those things down for good. In Jesus' name. He will do that, you know. He's a good father like that. He will do that. Maybe you ask yourself the following questions and answer honestly. 
You know, what are the areas in my life where God's, where, where, where God's plans are frequently frustrated or unfulfilled? If you answer that honestly, you're, you're going to start to see some open doors. Or maybe you ask, hey, is God calling me to step away from or towards something and I'm just not obeying? <laughs> you know, like, is he calling me to step away from, like, offense or bitterness or anger? Or is he calling me to step towards, you know, like, forgiveness, <laughs> You know, and I'm just simply not obeying it because that opens a door to the enemy. You need to know that, right? And so, so, so just ask the question, you know, when, where, how, around who am I most vulnerable to this oppression from the enemy? And then shut it down in Jesus' name. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So here's the key. We can, we can resist. We're going to be only as successful in resisting as we are in submitting to God. So remember that obedience, obedience will always be the key for you and for me to close every open door to the enemy in our lives. And finally, as we close today, as you realize that the battle is real, you acknowledge it, and then you accept the fact that you're, there's no neutral ground. You're on, you're on, you're on an incline on, on a skateboard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And either you're going to be pushing forward or going back down. This is what it is. It's real. As you realize that, hey, there might be some open doors in my life to the enemy, I need to close them down. The last thing I would, say, I would say to you is engage in the battle, which is just three little words. Choose to fight. Choose to fight. Some of you in here, as, as we were praying about, you, about today and just this time together, even with my wife, we were praying, and there's just some things that were just really impressed upon our heart. It's so heavy on me right now that it makes me want to get emotional, but some of you need to choose to fight, because we can't do it for you right now, but you need to choose to fight that depression. You really do. It is not normal. It is not for you. It has nothing good for you in the future. And God wants it off of you. But you got to choose to fight it. You've got to choose to fight it. The other thing that I just, in my heart, I just knew is that there's this huge weight of disappointment. And some of you just need to flat out say, no more. I'm going to choose to fight that disappointment. Yeah, things didn't go the way I thought they would. So what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep on walking with Jesus. Choose to fight. Choose to fight. Choose to fight. The enemy would love nothing more than to keep you in a realm of grief. Where you're only thinking about you. And the danger of that is that there's a bunch of things that, that are not going to happen, that need to happen. But you got to fight. We need you to fight. We, your church, need you to fight. We, the, bo the body of Christ, need you to fight. Your family needs you to fight. Your co-workers need you to fight. Can I just say, you getting into the fight will impact somebody's eternity. And if you don't, it will also, but completely in the other way, impact somebody's eternity. Get in the fight. Get in 
with love and respect, I say to you, let's go. Let's go. Get in the fight. Father, I thank you so much for your love, for your kindness and grace. I thank you for this family. I thank you for this house. God, I pray right now that you would help us to reject a life or a vision of a life in Christianity that's us just being comfortable. Help us to reject that with all our guts. Help us to understand that God living for you means that we choose to lay down our lives, to carry our cross, to follow you, and get in the fight for the things that matter most, not just now, but for eternity. God, I pray right now that if anyone in this house has been under this weight of oppression and depression and, and disappointment right now, I come against that in Jesus' name. We declare freedom and hope to come alive on the inside. Holy Spirit, rise up big on the inside of everyone in this house. Bring hope to come alive. Lord, cause your life to quicken us, your spirit to make us alive on the inside, to open the eyes of our heart to see clearly the things that are really opposing us, to take our eyes off of the people and to see what's behind the people that's trying to mess with us and keep us from your absolute best in this life. Help us to be a purpose-filled, kingdom-focused, spirit-driven, fruitful bunch of children of yours in this city. I ask in your mighty name. Now if you would keep your, your eyes closed, just keep a reverent attitude of prayer for just a moment. You might be here today and you might say, Edgar, you know what? Man, I came in here today and you're in one of, you're in one of two or three places. You, number one, you know you know, no, you know that you know that you are, you're good with God. You have a relationship with him and, and you are on your way to heaven. You know that. Number one, you're in, if you're in number one place, you know that. If you're in number two spot, you're here and you don't even know that you're not. You just don't, you're not and you might not even care, but, but you're not and you know that. You don't need me up here to tell you that. You know that. Or number three, you're in here and you don't know if you're okay with God and on your way to heaven or not, you don't know. Which if I can just be honest with you, not knowing is just as well as not being okay with God. But the Bible says that he gave us his word and this message of life so that if you would have Jesus in your heart, if you would receive and surrender your life to him so that you could know that you have eternal life. You see, you're not supposed to live this life hoping that you'll make it to heaven. You're supposed to know today that you're right with God and on your way there and then live the rest of your days here based on that assurance and out of that purpose. So if you're here today and you're in, the, in, in, in option number one, help me pray. But if you're in option number two or three today, I'm so glad that you're here. I would love to give you an invitation, just an opportunity for you to jump into group number one. So that when you walk out of this place, you know that you are indeed in right relationship with God, that you are forgiven, not perfect, but you are forgiven, that you are accepted, that you are loved by God and on your way to heaven. 
And if you are here and you're in one of those two places today, I would love to just say a simple prayer with you. We won't. Don't worry about it. We're not going to do to you what we did to Jesse. We're not going to have you come up here today. But I would love for you to raise your hand just so I can know who I'm praying with and praying for. And if that's you right now, would you just shoot your hand up in heaven and just look at me in your eyes. God bless you. I see you. Anybody else? Yes, right there. Anybody else? Sir? Awesome. Yeah, man. Ma'am, got you back there. You too. Together. Great. You too. Yes, right there. Awesome. Good job. Hey, listen. Look at me if you're lifting up your hand. Would you just look at me? Look at me all over. God bless you. Look at me. Look at me. Best decision you can ever make right here, right now. Ever. Ever. Most important decision ever. Good job. Good job. Good job. Would everybody just put one hand over your heart? Can we just pray with those that are lifting their hands? They're saying, hey, I don't want to live for me. I want to live for Jesus. I want a new life. And that is exactly what God offers you. And that new life is for his glory for a great purpose in you and through you. Would you say this with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving your son to die. A horrible death so I could live an abundant life. Jesus, thank you for loving me, for rescuing me, for for accepting me, for taking my place and forgiving my sin. I now give you my whole heart, my entire life, absolute control. You're the boss now, not me. And I want to live for you. Show me how. Fill me with your spirit. Surround me with your kids. And help me to live a life that bears fruit for your kingdom and puts a smile on your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give a 